whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Powerful, powerful hymn. Another beautiful hymn that was played here other, earlier this week has found itself on YouTube video. Pastor Tyler Woodham and Emmanuel Vallejo played their mandolin and guitar right here with that behind them. How did y'all video that? Did y'all have a camera set up? And uh, they've been a, they're going to be recommended for a Dove Award. So, uh, But it was beautiful, very beautiful song that they played. And you can hear that on YouTube. But I'm hoping our plans are, Joni's already got it in the works, so just be prepared. But they're going to play that and share that in the near future, we hope. I mentioned it also because of my sermon. I'm going to make reference to something in just a moment as well. The title of the sermon this morning is Frozen Pickle Juice. Be listening because our story will come in a moment. We're going to talk about frozen pickle juice in a, more, in a minute. This time of the year, not only in our church, but in many, many churches and many, many denominations, sometimes during the fall, there is generally an emphasis on stewardship, on commitment. Uh, on ministry, on servanthood, on being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we're no different. We do this every fall. And many of you have received something in the mail about our generosity of giving. Our theme, the concept is supplying and sowing. And I'm going to read a scripture here just in a moment about supplying and sowing. But what about your commitment? What about your heart? Being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Where is your heart? Jesus has a right to ask that. We know biblically that he does. We understand that supplying and sowing and and planting of our service, of of our time. Many of you, you give time and many hours and hours throughout the years of time back into God's kingdom where God wants you to do that. Money. God asks for our money. It's all in the Bible. He talks a lot about money. He makes no bones about it. He's pretty clear about it. The values and the principles that are taught in God's Word. The talents that we've given. And I'm grateful that Tyler and Manny have given back their talent unto God's kingdom. A lot of people don't ever do that in their lives. Talents, obedience, things like our witness. So really what God wants is our very lives. He wants you to surrender everything in your life to His Lordship. The Bible challenges us to consider about our time, about our money, about our talents. Over and over again, Jesus told parable after parable about your life and your heart and about what you're supplying and what are you sowing because you are supplying and you're sowing something in your life and we're going to read in a minute, then he wants to know what kind of harvest is going to be produced out of what you plant. So that concept and that principle of teaching is all in the Bible. The word tells us this in 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to read out of the NIV Bible. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. Now he or she who supplies, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store. So now it gets personal. He's addressing you. Increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What does that mean to you? 
God would tell you that He's going to have seed in your life and that He wants to enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So it's about something greater and bigger. It's about multiplying and supplying and God, by His mercy and His grace, enlarging the territory of your harvest and the righteousness that He's planted in your life. Verse 11 says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What does the harvest of your righteousness look like? God has a right to ask that. You're his daughter. You're his son. He cares about what you're supplying and what you're sowing, and he certainly cares about what kind of harvest is coming out of your life. Farmers have been harvesting in the fields that were planted just a few months ago. We know that principle, but the Bible teaches us that. But we understand it literally. And down in Horton Bend, where we live, there's huge fields, and I'm always anxious to see what our fields look like. Right, Greg? I mean, you know, this year we had corn. And we had cotton. So some of you that live down that way know that they've been harvesting. And so just a few months ago, when they did that no-till, and those planters went through and dropped the kernels of corn, and we watch it grow, and it amazes me how fast that corn grows. You can just literally watch it week after week, and it gets real high. And, and so they're beginning to harvest that. And the cotton fields, and they've got huge bales of cotton that are all down in our fields around Horton Bend. I don't know if you've noticed, there's been combines coming through. Huge, massive combines. All of it fascinates me. The other night I'm driving home, it's dark. It's about 10 o'clock at night. And I look off down in one of the huge fields and I see this eerie looking light. It looks like a scene out of an otherworldly sci-fi movie. Because those com combines are coming down through there at nighttime, working all night, harvesting thousands and thousands and thousands of ears of corn coming through there. And I just pulled over on the side of the road. The pictures didn't look too good, but I watched those lights coming through those fields and harvesting. That fascinates me. But we understand the power of seed time and harvesting. The Bible uses this as an illustration. And we know that truckload after truckload of cotton and corn are being produced. And there's a great harvest. Jesus is concerned about the harvest of your fields. The harvest of your righteousness. What have you planted in the fields of your life? What are you supplying? What are you sowing? What kind of harvest, what kind of produce will come from your walk and your discipleship with Jesus Christ? He's going to ask these things. Then Jesus gets a little more personal in Matthew 6. He tells us this in Matthew, the 6th chapter, verses 19 through 21. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and on earth, I'm sorry, I, boy, I really got that wrong, but now I got your attention. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust, and the NIV, it translates the word vermin, where we get varmint, rats will destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But Jesus said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then listen to verse 21. This is the one he looks at us personally and he says to you, for where your treasure is, there your heart 
will be also. Is my heart, is my heart where Jesus wants it to be? I've got to answer that. But, but so do you. Is your heart where Jesus wants it to be? That's what he's challenging us with in this word. I want to share a, a personal investment that God asked Lana and I to invest in many years ago. I'm not suggesting that you invest in this. I was working for a medical company. This is going back. I was probably 26, 27 years old. It was before I'd answered call to preach. I worked for an anesthesia company, and they had an investment like a 401K that you could matching funds. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's a great idea. Uh, and so, But you could put so much money in, they would match the funds. And I didn't know at the time God was going to be calling me into ministry, and, but I, I wrestled with that's what I was supposed to make the investment in. And in this case... God burdened me about it. And as I prayed about it and I shared with Lana, I said, I know this seems silly. It seems so simple to do that. I, I don't feel like that's what God wants me to do and wants us to do. Well, in time, over a few weeks, the Lord strongly burdened us to invest in a child through a mission program. I'm not going to give you the name because I'm not telling you that God's going to ask you to do this. But our first girl that we received a picture of that, we began to pray over and we sponsored this child with Suzante. I remember her name. It's been almost 32 years. My son and my daughter will remember because we put Suzante on the refrigerator. I think we're on our sixth child and Lana showed me a picture this week that came in of Abdullah. Abdullah, he is from Uganda. And Lana and I po paused that morning and I, I laid hands on Abdullah and uh, interceded and we prayed over him as we've been doing these 31, 32 years. And uh, it's often the case, Lana and I, you know, I, I wonder if one day, I mean, that would be so cool. If I could be in heaven one day and, and sit down with all them kids, how awesome that would be. Again, I, I'm not telling you to invest. I'm, don't, don't do that unless the Lord lays that on your heart. But I am saying this, this is what's true is that God wants you and I to invest in something bigger than ourselves. He wants us to invest in His kingdom. There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can do it locally, which many of you do. You see, you can give Him your talents. It's like Tyler and Emmanuel did. God, here's, here's a gift that you've blessed me with, and I want to use it for your glory and for your kingdom. It could be like our ladle of love, and I, I happened to be here on this past Friday, and I, and I watched the Sunday school class, The Living Waters. And I had this on my mind. And I, I watched them smile and hug and make others have joy in their lives. Why do we do that? Because it's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. And so God is saying to us, I want to enlarge. I want to, I want to enlarge the, the harvest of your righteousness. I'll give you the seed and the supply. You should be obedient to that. You be my disciple in this kingdom. And, and there's be a great harvest of righteousness. That's what he's telling us. A challenge that we often bring up when someone joins the church. And just a few weeks ago, in fact, it was Emmanuel and Brooke. And they joined the church. And, and we, like many other churches, ask you some things to consider. To make a commitment locally. 
so we ask, will you uphold the church with your prayers? Do you? Will you uphold the church with your presence coming and being a part of discipleship and worship? Prayers and presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. What I love about those five things, they're they're just biblical. All of these are about supplying and sowing into the kingdom for a harvest of righteousness. Thank God you're a part of it. Let me tell you that story about frozen pickle juice. I went a couple of Friday nights ago to Etowah High School football game. Lana and I both graduated from Etowah High School. Because we moved away and answered call to preach, a lot of times our high school games were with the communities we pastored in. And then Audra and Dave, our son and daughter, graduated from Crossville. So we were committed there. When I went to Hoax Bluff, I went to Hoax Bluff High. And I had to. The first Sunday, I don't know if I've told you all this, I had a hat. Somebody gave me a Hoax Bluff hat. And you know Hoax Bluff is HB. Y'all know what my initials are? Harvey Beck. I told him, I said, this is of God. I said, everybody's wearing hats with my initials on it. But we went to Hope's Bluff and we supported. So I hadn't been back to see Etowah High School play football in probably 35 years. Y'all was a little nervous. I'm thinking about these people that I'm going to see that I've graduated with. I mean, some of them I hadn't seen in 40 years. And they looked like it had been 40 years. Some of them I saw. And I, but then I took a selfie of me and Audra, I mean, me and Madeline, my granddaughter. And I looked as I turned the camera around. I go, oh, me, I'm getting older too. It's been 40 years. But while we were there at the football game and Madeline's jumping and bopping around, Madeline invested a lot of my money in the concession stands. Every grandparent in here knows what I'm talking about. We went to both. I mean, we supported the football boosters. We supported the band boosters. In fact, multiple times. Papa, let's go get, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, so I'm investing. Then she says to me, Papa, I want to go get a frozen, frozen pickle juice. I said, do what? Frozen pickle juice? Yeah, frozen pickle juice. She pointed down at a girl that was eating. I said, they sell that? I'm about to invest in frozen pickle juice for the band booster. So guess what I did? I went and bought frozen pickle juice. They pour it in little cups and they freeze it and they sell it and make a profit off of pickle juice. And I bought some. Of course, Madeline wanted me to try it and so I'm I'm licking a frozen pickle juice, you know, and I'm making faces, and we're having, we're giggling. She's laughing at me, you know, rolling her eyes. Papa. What was I really investing my time in? My granddaughter. Relationship. God asked us to invest our time in Him and in the lives of other people. Because it's bigger than we are. It's about the kingdom. That night also, and as God does, and Tyler and I were talking about this the other day, he was somewhere, the Lord sent him somewhere, but then God opened up that harvest of righteousness, the place that he was in, and, and God used him in different ways. And many of you could testify to the same thing because as I was at that football game, I had had on my mind a friend that I went to high school with. In fact, I grew up with him at Ivy League. He has Parkinson's disease. I've been thinking I need to check on him. He was at that football game. So some of the time when Madeline was around playing and goofing off, me and Bob teared up together and prayed together. In fact, his daughter 
was a senior in high school, and she prayed the opening prayer for the high school game. You see, when we're open to God's kingdom, He expands and He enlarges the harvest of righteousness. How's your heart? Where is your heart? He has a right to ask us these things. As long as you and I own to the name of Jesus Christ, I'm a believer, I'm yours, I've been saved. As long as we own to the name of Jesus Christ and we're a part of His kingdom, the Lord will require that we supply and sow into His kingdom so that there will be a great harvest of righteousness. And you're a part of it. Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Things will destroy it. Then he ends with that gripping statement as he looks at us. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Is your heart where Jesus wants it to be? When handling this world's things, this stuff that he has entrusted to us, we are reminded through scriptures of the dangers of selfishness, but also misplaced values. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we must, we must desire for God to possess us. Because He's Lord over the kingdom. We allow Him to come into our hearts and life and be Lord of our life every day. You're Lord of my life today, God. Expand and enlarge the harvest of His righteousness. Because it's about the kingdom of which you and I are part of. What and how are you supplying? What and how are you sowing? What kind of produce? What kind of harvest would a master see from the fields of your life? What's being harvested? How's your heart? Because wherever the treasure is, that's what's going to have your heart. Let's pray together. God, we praise you today. We love you today. We thank you that you always challenge us. You're always... uh, calling us to deeper commitment because there's seed to be supplied and sowed and there's a harvest. Uh, Lord, let us respond to your word and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Enlarge the harvest of righteousness. God, let us respond to your word. For We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn. It's hymn number 430, O Master, let me walk with thee. Hymn number 430, let's stand together and sing, O Master, let me walk with thee. The altar is always open if you need to come.